0: Good evening, ASI. Have you been inspired to finish strong this weekend? When I think of finishing strong, I think of Stefan Ingalls, who, when he was a boy, he had bad asthma, and he was told that he would never be able to run and play like the other boys. But he persevered in his his exercise and uh, ended up setting a Guinness World Book of Records by running... Or competing in 20 Ironman triathlons in a year. But just recently, he set another Guinness Book of Records uh, record by completing 365 marathons in 365 consecutive days. When I think of finishing strong, I think of endurance. In fact, Jesus said if you have your Bibles here, you can turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be talking about endurance this evening in the few minutes that we have together. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13. Jesus is speaking to those of us living in the last days and he says if we want to finish strong we must endure. Matthew 24 and verse 13 it says but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be what? The same shall be saved. You know, endurance means different things to different people. I think when I was a 12-year-old boy, endurance to me meant waiting 15 more minutes until mom had lunch ready. I think a little earlier this year, I'm an unmentioned number of years older, endurance meant waiting for my wedding day when I would marry Jane, the love of my life. Endurance means different things to different people. But tonight, what I want you to see is that endurance is not about simply being the last one standing. It's not about simply being there when everything is over. In fact, we know, looking at, 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 the, at the Bible's prophecies, that there will be two groups of people in the last days, right? Those who are saved and those who are lost. And they've both made it to the end. Enduring does not just mean being there in the last days. There's something more to endurance. Usually endurance is associated with hardship. And uh, we find that in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22, Jesus said, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Again in Mark chapter 13 and verse 13, Jesus said, You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You see, endurance isn't endurance until there's some sort of a challenge or a hardship. Is that fair? When when things are going well, when things are easy, you can't really say that you have endurance. Endurance is associated with hardship. It's It's associated with trials. But in fact, endurance is more than that. Endurance is associated with a choice of the human mind. With a what? A choice, a decision. And I want to just take you a little bit into the Greek here. It's not because I'm a Greek expert. Anyone with a strong concordance can, can verify what I'm sharing with you here. But here the, the Greek word which Jesus uses when he says, He that shall endure unto the end. The, the word is hupomono. And it's a, it's, a, it's a combination of two words. One is the preposition Upo, which simply means to remain under, uh, or to be under. It's the position of under, beneath, or through. And mono, which is a verb it means to stay, to remain, to, uh, to abide, to continue to dwell. You see, endurance is not something that comes just because we happen to be there. Endurance only comes when we make a conscious choice to remain in the will of God. To remain right where God has placed us, no matter what circumstances may come our way. That's what endurance is all about. And we want to look at that a little more here tonight, as we unpack this concept of endurance. Endurance is what Moses manifested when the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season and Jesus when he's talking about the spirit that we should have when we are enduring trials he says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 23 rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy for behold Great is your reward in heaven. Endurance is not just about gritting your teeth and bearing it. Endurance is not about complaining and murmuring. Yes, the the children of Israel, they endured many things throughout their wilderness wanderings, right? But in fact, they didn't have the endurance that Jesus was talking about. Because they they were not submitted to the will of God. They were not surrendered to the experiences that he was allowing to come into their pathway. And so they began murmuring and complaining. They blamed everyone but themselves for the unhappiness which they felt. They failed to truly endure, as the word would indicate. In fact, if we want to finish strong, we're going to have to understand and experience the endurance which Jesus says those who are saved would have. I believe Paul the Apostle he understood what endurance was all about. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 thou therefore endure hardness he said endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ in fact I think that if we're going to be finishing strong We're going to have to endure hardship. We're going to have to endure to the end. Perhaps no one could speak with more authority than the Apostle Paul. You know his story, right? He was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was hated by his enemies, by those who weren't of the Jewish nation. He was hated by his brethren, those who were of the Jewish nation. Even among the Christian church, he was often ill-spoken of. He says, I think God has set us, the apostles, forth last. We're the ones that are, that are, that are hated by all people. Leadership carries a price, and Paul learned what it meant to endure hardness, and that's what he tells Timothy to do as well. I, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 3, we find what Paul says about this endurance, and he uses the language which our theme uses this year. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verses thir- verse 13. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul had given them an example of endurance, of choosing to remain in the will of God no matter what the circumstances might be. You know in those days they didn't send emails, they didn't send uh, by uh, satellite television these messages to the churches and so Paul's letter would have arrived by the, the hand of a courier, perhaps a traveler to Philippi and the church would have been gathered and there they would have been listening to Paul's letter being read and I can just imagine the enthusiasm as they listened to what Paul was saying because they knew what Paul was saying was not mere idle words. Paul lived what he talked in Philippi as he had been there among them. You remember the story how a woman uh, possessed by a spirit had been following them around and finally because she was causing uh, disgrace to the cause of God, to the truth of God, Paul Paul commanded this spirit to come out of her. And as a result, her owners, her handlers, lost the income that they had been getting. And they started a rumor. A mob grew. And Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. And you can, you can read the story in Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 16. We find here the story of what took place. Paul is, has, has uh, been falsely accused... He has been only trying to help people. He's only been doing God's will, God's work. And what does he get for it? He gets persecution. He gets misunderstanding. And in Acts chapter 16, the Bible says... The magist- uh, verse 22, the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded to beat them and when they had laid many stripes upon them they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely you, I, I suppose this is one of those times when Paul received 39 stripes 40 stripes was commonly believed to be that which would kill a man and so they gave 39, the skin would be lacerated from the back of Paul and Silas by these by this beating they were the Bible says in verse 24 the the, the jailer receiving them thrust them into the inner prison and they made their feet fast in the stocks I don't know if you've ever been to a third world country and seen the condition of jails but it's not a very pretty sight and here in this dark dank prison in the inner dungeon Paul is taken. The, his back is bleeding and bruised. The skin is gone. And he's made, as I understand it, when they put their feet into stocks, they didn't just put you in a comfortable lazy boy recliner and clamp your feet in some stocks. No, they would put your feet above your head. They would elevate your feet so that the only thing you could do is lie on your back. That back, which is bleeding and has no skin left on it, was against that dank and, and dirty floor. And here, in pain and agony, probably one one of the most miserable circumstances a human being can find himself in Paul had to endure is that right and how did he endure he endured by complaining right he endured by murmuring no in fact the bible says that at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto god and the prisoners heard them You see, Ellen White calls in Acts of the Apostles, page 213, this extreme torture the the apostles experienced. And even though they were left in this painful position, they did not murmur. They encouraged each other by words of prayer and saying praises to God because they were found worthy to suffer shame for his sake never before had prisoners heard these kind of things ascending from this prison cell and i want to tell you my friends that not only is it in hardship that endurance shines forth that's only it's only in hardship that you can have endurance it's also in hardship That the character of Christ can be revealed in a powerful way. And because of their spirit, because of their endurance, because they chose to remain in the will of God, they they were where God had them. They knew they were doing God's will. They had been doing what he had called them to do. And they would not now remove themselves from his will. They would not now murmur for the the circumstances which God had brought them into. And they chose to to instead pray and sing and praise the Lord. And in fact, it says in Acts the apostles page 217 a sanctifying influence diffused itself among the inmates of the prison and the minds of all were open to listen to the truth spoken by the apostles may i submit to you that before there is an influence of the holy spirit that brings about an openness in people's minds sometimes we talk about it as the latter rain there will be an experience of suffering coming to the, the people of god because it is then when the character of God is revealed to those who are watching. And in fact, you know the story how an earthquake came to that Philippian prison. You may remember in Acts of the Apostles, page 215, that that footprint was caused by the footsteps of the approaching angels. You see, God loves to help those who want to remain under the will of God to endure whatever hardship. Whatever difficulty might come, and the result was souls saved on that night. The jailer was baptized as well as, I'm sure, many of those who also listened. It was not only Paul who was, gives us an example of endurance. You see, my friends, in the Old Testament, we can find examples of it as well. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel chapter 21, and we're going to see here briefly the story of David at one of his darkest hours, at one of his most difficult experiences. David was called the man after God's own heart, especially as a young person, as a youth. And here he is going through an experience which he doesn't seem to think he deserves, I'm sure that David simply was doing his job and here he's finding himself persecuted the Bible says in in first Samuel chapter 21 and that as David is running from Saul afraid for his life he came to the the tabernacle the tabernacle was that which had been you know built in the wilderness and um, it was still being taken care of by the Levites and here he's running from Saul he's a fugitive for his life He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know where to turn. And he comes to the tabernacle. And there at the tabernacle, he meets the high priest, Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech knew something was wrong immediately. He was there alone. And David said, listen, I need help. And to make a long story short, David asked, do you have any bread? And and the high priest said, "Only, only holy bread, no common bread, only the show bread. And David said, I can take that. Now, David, you understand, had a lot of influence in Israel at this time. He, had, he was respected. He was the son-in-law of the king. He had killed Goliath, right? He was the, the enemy number one of the Philistines, but the hero number one of the Israelites. And so David here convinces Ahimelech to give him the showbread. And also he asks, is there any weapons? And by this time, the priest is becoming rather suspicious. But David actually resorted to deceit. In not telling Ahimelech exactly what he was, was exactly what was going on, and you can read in in Prophets and Kings, Ellen White tells us that if David had simply been truthful, Ahimelech would have known the right course to pursue that would have spared his life. Because later, as David takes off with the showbread and with the Goliath's sword. Doeg the Edomite went and told King Saul what the priests had given David. And even though Ahimelech said, look, I didn't know. He's your son-in-law. How was I supposed to know he was running from you? Saul gave the command to kill the priests of the Lord. Not a single one of his soldiers would obey that command. They knew the priest's office was sacred and holy. So Doeg the Edomite, the Bible says, fell upon the priests and killed 85 of them. Can you imagine how David must have felt? He has nowhere to go. He and his men run, thinking he won't be be recognized. They run to the Philistines. But now, getting to the city of the Philistines, David is recognized. And now, where is he going to turn to? In fact, how is he going to get away? In order to get away, David pretended that he had gone insane and therefore would be no further threat to the Philistine nation. The king kicked him out of the city like a madman. David went and hid in a cave. You you see the picture now? David is at the bottom of the bottom, the lowest experience to his life heretofore. He's there, he thought, simply because he's been following God. But instead, he has been responsible for the killing of the priests. He's hiding in a cave. He's a refugee from his own countrymen, hated by the neighboring countries. And David sat down and he wrote a psalm. Turn with me to Psalm 34. David didn't just write a psalm, he thought of every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, all 22 of them, and he wrote an acrostic. A psalm of praise and of thanksgiving to God. Each verse beginning with the successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The 22 characters of the Hebrew alphabet. He writes a psalm in Psalm 34. A psalm that does not reflect a man who is simply enduring or mumbling or murmuring or complaining. But a man who is triumphantly keeping himself in the will of God. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This is not the psalm of defeat of a man hiding in a cave hated by his father-in-law, rejected by, by, by many. This is a psalm ...of a man who believes victory is coming from the Lord of Lords. Victory is coming from the King of Kings. He says in verse 6, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around about the, the, them that fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good." Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. Verse 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You see, my friends, David had learned to endure, not simply trying to hunker down and grit his teeth and bear it. He had learned to praise the Lord, to leap for joy, as Jesus said, even when he was suffering for righteousness' sake, even when he was going through circumstances he could not explain, even when things weren't going well in his life. That's... Even then, he was willing to keep himself in the will of God, not to murmur and not to, not to complain. You see, my friends, I'm concerned because I think we're living in a time when we try to avoid all discomfort. We try to avoid all, dis, all hardship. And we really need to be preparing for a time in which we're going to have to endure. If we want to finish strong, We need to endure now. Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5 says, If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, how wilt thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? If now we're having trouble with the little trials that come our way, how are we going to endure in the time of the end? God allows small trials today in our homes and in our workplaces, in our local churches, in our, in, our, in our circumstance to prepare us for the joy-filled endurance to come and to prepare us to finish strong. You see, the greatest example of endurance is Jesus. Remember I told you about that word, hupomono. Let's turn with, uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. You know the context here. Hebrews chapter 11 is called what? It's called the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter. And here we find stories of people who endured. People who kept themselves in the will of God. And Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 uses this word... Three times in three verses, Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. There's the word upomono. Let us run with, actually, it's a, the the noun form of upomone. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. Looking where? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured, there it is again, endured the cross. We're called in verse 1 to endure, and he gives us an example in verse 2 of who we're supposed to look to. Jesus endured. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him that endured once again such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest she be wearied and faint in your minds. Tonight, I want us to consider Jesus. Jesus, as he came to the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed that prayer. Father, if it be possible, let this cup, what? Pass from me. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will But thine be done. You see, Jesus would endure by keeping himself in the Father's will. No matter what came to him over the next few days, he knew it was allowed by the Father's hand. And he would keep himself, not rebel, but submit to the will of the Father. He would, in that way, he would be able to endure. In that way, he would be able to finish strong. You see, my friends, in the most comfortable age of Earth's history, in the most pampered portion of this planet's population, we are yet called to learn the lesson of joy-filled, surrendered submission to that which God allows to come into our lives. I believe that the last rays of merciful light, the last message of mercy to be given to the world is a revelation of His character of love, And I believe God's calling us to be that revelation. The children of God are to manifest His glory. In their own life and character, they are to reveal what the grace of God has done for them. Christ's Object Lessons, page 415. You see, my friends, God's people in the last days are to endure not just by still being standing when all the chips have fallen but by reflecting the character of God. That character of God described in 1 Corinthians 13. That charity that endures all things. You see, my friends, that character is the character that you and I need today. That is the love that we need in our hearts and lives. Our last verse is Revelation chapter 14 in verse 12. And it's the theme from which I draw the title from my message tonight. And... It's the same word we found Jesus using upamono, upamone. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. You see, my friends, this endurance we're speaking of tonight is a characteristic. It describes God's last day people. Too often, we focus primarily on the doctrinal, the ideological characteristics of the remnant. But there's a character characteristic. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a character of love that the remnant have allowed themselves to reflect. The character of God, the endurance of Jesus Christ. And so looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we can be transformed to endure as he endured. To finish strong, we need the endurance that regardless of circumstances will keep our hearts thankful and surrendered to him. The endurance of David, the endurance of Paul, the endurance of Jesus. One day, as a result of the three angels' messages, there will be, A group of people demonstrating the character of God to this world. God will point the attention of the world and yes, even of the universe to them. And say, here is the patience of the saints. Here is the endurance of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. I want to be in that group and finish strong. How about you?